I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, August 14th, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Peak Pals, if you're tired, sick of hearing about the Musk-Zuckerberg fight, you probably should fast forward 30 seconds. But we do have some new leaked text from Elon's biographer we have to share with you this morning. In the text, Musk suggests they do a trial fight in Zuckerberg's octagon. After the messages were posted online, Zuckerberg called out Musk for being all talk, saying he isn't serious and that for him it was time to move on. After this latest development, our money is definitely on Zuck if the fight ever does happen, but it seemingly looks like that it's less and less likely to happen. But other than the Musk-Zuckerberg planned fight, and we'll see if it happens, we've got a great episode for you today. For our first story, AI is trying to win your heart. For our second story, the question vexing economists, why did inflation fall? And for our last story, the record-breaking business of Guinness World Records. For our first story, nothing quite says romance in the year 2023, like sending sweet nothings to an AI chatbot. If that sounds dystopian to you, well, here we are. It's 2023, and there's lots of strange stuff going on. So here's what's happening. A slew of new dating apps are adopting AI-powered avatars and chatbots that simulate intimate relationships, pitching their platforms as a way to practice dating in a risk-free environment. Companies like Replica, the most popular virtual companion app, allow users to build their own AI companions, which can engage in platonic or more steamy chatting. The company even offers a lifetime subscription that enables the virtual avatar to share explicit content. Another app, Romantic.ai, offers a catalog of bots, including the Mona Lisa, that have dating app-style bios describing their interests, career, and body type. Now you might be wondering, who would use this? Well, in fact, a lot of people actually do. Over 20 million people have downloaded Replica, while Romantic.ai has more than a million users that use the app for more than an hour a day on average. Now, one Replica user told the Evening Standard, honestly, I'm sick and tired of dating actual people. I've gone through seven relationships. They've all lasted very, very short times, but I did it because that's what I felt like society expected of me. And to catch you up on this trend, while dating apps, the ones that let you talk to real people, have seen a fall off in user growth, businesses like Replica are growing quickly. And this matters, of course, because the new crop of businesses selling virtual relationships with avatars and chatbots, romantic or otherwise, is a testament to how quickly AI is improving its ability to appear human-like. But like any AI, the apps have their flaws. Replica has been criticized by experts for creating problematic relationship dynamics and in some cases, encouraging violent tendencies among its overwhelmingly male user base. It was reportedly revealed in court that a 19-year-old man who broke into Windsor Castle with a crossbow in an attempt to kill Queen Elizabeth II in 2021 was encouraged to do so partly by his Replica girlfriend. That sounds extreme. But here's the bottom line. If you're interested in a relationship with another human, don't panic just yet. There are still plenty of like-minded fish in the dating sea. The number of people using apps with digital romantic companions is only a sliver of the 366 million people around the world that used dating apps last year. For our second story, why did inflation fall from multi-decade highs last summer to within the Bank of Canada's target range last month? It seems like a simple question, but as with most things in economics, the answer is hotly contested. The textbook Econ 101 story is that central banks reduce inflation by rising interest rates, which reduces demand in the economy through some combination of job losses, frozen or lower wages, and a pullback in consumer spending. 
Now, Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem said last November, higher interest rates will work to slow spending and labor demand in the economy. And over time, this will relieve domestic inflationary pressures. Now, he was echoing the view that we just said about how inflation is reduced. But while the Bank of Canada has raised rates, the job losses and weaker consumer spending expected to come with that haven't materialized. In fact, the opposite has happened. Since the Bank of Canada started hiking rates in March of last year, the employment rate among working-age people has held steady and around 340,000 net new jobs have been created. Consumer spending has increased over the same period, not fallen. Retail sales are up around 3.5% over the course of the bank's rate-hiking campaign. So what happened? Well, that's a hot topic of debate amongst economists in Canada and the U.S. these days. Economist Paul Krugman attributes falling inflation to the economy sorting out lingering pandemic-related disruptions rather than the hikes themselves. Former U.S. Treasury Secretary Larry Summers has a different view, arguing that central banks established credibility by raising rates and convinced people they would do whatever it took to beat inflation, which itself brought inflation down. And Harvard economist Jason Furman notes that while interest rates alone may not have brought inflation down, it's possible that without them, prices could have spiraled even higher. And this matters because how the debate plays out will shape how we respond to future economic crises. For example, many influential economists leaned on their experience battling inflation in the 1970s to justify calls for dramatic action last year as prices rose. Larry Summers said unemployment would have to hit 10% and stay there for at least a year. After seeing inflation recede without job losses or a major recession, this go-around, it will be more difficult to make arguments like that in the future. The bottom line is, unlikely we'll get a definitive explanation of why inflation has subsided, but that won't stop economists from arguing for years to come. For our third story, in the past month, Canadians have broken Guinness World Records for the deepest underwater model photo shoot, most pancakes served in eight hours, that's 17,000 flapjacks, and impressively the largest dinosaur costume party, that's 1,100 costume dinos. These achievements have led us to wonder, well, how on earth does Guinness actually make money? Well, here's some context. The company was originally owned by Guinness Brewery, but is now owned by the Canadian conglomerate Jim Pattison Group and called GWR. Until recently, it made most of its money through its books, which you may recall as the crown jewel of the Scholastic Book Fair, along with the posters. While the company has sold over 150 million copies of its books and publishes new editions annually, sales dropped precipitously in the mid-2000s. You can blame the internet for that. To survive, the company needed to pivot. So in 2009, GWR Consultancy began offering companies brainstorming sessions for record attempts to build brand awareness on a global scale. With a starting price of £11,000 per consultation, the consultancy wing now accounts for half of GWR's annual revenue. Brand, and there's a good chance they've used GWR Consultancy to craft a world record. McDonald's, MasterCard, LG, Nissan, Pizza Hut, the list goes on. Book sales still account for roughly half of revenue, and some, but not much money, comes in from everyday record breakers that pony up £6,000 for a live adjudication of their record-breaking attempt. Though most skip this step and just send in a video. But the bottom line is that GWR is a legacy brand that used the goodwill and name recognition it had built up over the years to bolster the transition from an outmoded business model. If only BlackBerry, Bed Bath Beyond, and Blockbuster could have figured that one out. Pete Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow us on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks so much, Pete Pals. Have a great week. When you give me shock waves.